Would you pray with me? Gracious God, as we approach your scripture this morning, Lord, we ask that you put me behind the cross today, that your words and your thoughts would be mine. Lord, if I misspeak today, forgive me and let your message be heard. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. We're going to be in Luke chapter 10, verses 30 through 37, if you want to join me there. Luke 10, 30 through 37. So John Wesley had three simple rules. Uh, it's one that's in our, our, our standard doctrines, it's in our discipline, it's, it's, it's everywhere that is the United Methodist Church, and they are do good and do no harm and stay in love with God. Three very important things, do good, do no harm, and stay in love with God. As Christians, we're called to live the life of the Good Samaritan, that's the story we're reading today. We are called to live a life of, of doing good and doing no harm and staying in love with God and taking care of our neighbors, living as a compassionate people. Did y'all ever watch that show, Emergency? Way back, I don't know, was it the 70s or the 80s? And, and uh, recently, somebody around here has redone the, the squad truck, and it's, a, it's an old Dodge pickup that's red. And uh, Anyway, Emergency was a story of the Los Angeles Fire Department, and it was a squad 51. It was partners uh, John Gage and Roy DeSoto. It was the greatest show ever. It's so realistic and, and true to life. And uh, anyway, in almost every episode, if I remembered it, they had to get the paddles out. You know, the person was laying on the ground. They had to get the paddles out, and they would have to use them. They'd yell, clear, and they would, they would punch them, and the heartbeat would start. And then they'd take them in. They'd say, Rampar, we're bringing them in. They're critical. Every episode had someone that was critical. Makes you think about our world today, doesn't it? We live in a critical world we're 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 divided we're angry we're hostile we are we're sick i mean we have covid and all kinds of other things going around like the motley's something they can't even identify we're a sick society we are critical just barely holding on to life and as Christians, we should be willing to do whatever it takes to get people from critical to stable. We should be doing good. We should be doing no harm. We should be staying in love with God and we should be loving our neighbors. This passage today is about living and reacting the way that Jesus would want us to. So the, the passage is Luke 10, verses 30 through 37. It says, Jesus replied... A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell into the hands of robbers who stripped him, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. Now, by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed on the other side. But a Samaritan, while traveling, came near him, and when he saw him, he was moved with pity. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, having poured oil and wine on them. Then he put him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said, Take care of him, and, I, and when I come back, I will repay you whatever you spend. Which of these three do you think was the neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers, he said. 
the one who showed his mercy. Jesus said to him, go and do the same. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So I titled today's message, Go and Do the Same. So we know the story. We've heard the story. We know it. This is one of the great parables that Jesus told. The road to Jerusalem, from Jerusalem to Jericho, was notoriously dangerous. There were, there were, um, it was narrow and it was rocky and there were thieves. Uh, Jesus told the story and he was telling of a thing that was constantly happening on that road from Jerusalem to Jericho. And it was understood that you don't go alone. You don't go, you don't travel the road alone because of the robbers and the thieves. We know that there was a traveler, right? And he was either reckless or not very bright because he was out there by himself. We know that there was a priest, right? A man of God that walked on by. The religious man knew, let's not, let's not be too hard on him. He knew that if he touched this dead body, he didn't know if the guy was dead or not, but if he touched the dead body, he would be unclean for a week. He wouldn't be able to touch the, the sacraments. He wouldn't be able to do the work of God in the temple. He would lose his rotation in the temple, and he was not willing to risk that. He chose ceremony above charity. The temple above the well-being of another. We also know that there was a Levite. He seems to have gone nearer to the man, but still didn't risk uh, his own safety. He thought maybe it was a trick. Maybe it was one of the robbers that were laying there, waiting on someone to help so that they could jump up and rob them too. He put his own safety before the needs of others. And we know that there was the Samaritan. Now, the name Samaritan was sometimes given uh, to one who was a heretic, a breaker of the ceremonial law. In John 8, 48, the Jews called Jesus a Samaritan. And, and then traditionally, the Jews had no dealings with Samaritans. They just didn't intermingle. The man appears to have been some kind of a traveler who was a, a regular visitor to the inn. It looks like his credit was good and, his, and he was honest because the innkeeper was willing to trust him and take care of him until he brought you know, until he came back to pay him the difference. He alone was ready to help this man that he didn't know. He had the love of God in his heart. Jesus calls us to help even when others have brought their own troubles on them, right? Just because a person is, is the cause of their own trouble, we are still called to help them. We're still called to reach out and to be the hands of, of God for them. To be the love of Jesus for them. Jesus calls us to the need of all of our neighbors, right? The widow, the orphan, the prisoner, the homeless, the immigrant, the naked, the hungry and the thirsty, the ones who are on the fringes, people who are not welcomed. Our help has to be as wide and as deep as the love of Jesus. And it must be practical. You know, you don't want to help somebody in a way that they don't need. Oh, you look like you could use some help. Here's some cat litter. That's not practical help, is it? Psalm 103, verse 8 says, The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. What Jesus said to the scribe, he says to us, Go and do the same. 
See, God has proven His love over and over to us in the midst of our sin. God desires to intervene and to change our lives. And God doesn't play favorites. Playing favorites is a human thing. We have attitudes and we have biases. We decide who we like and who we don't, and we decide who we're going to help and who we won't. Personally, I don't like rude people. I don't like racist jokes and racist people. I don't like religious people who, who are superior, that thinks that their way is the only way. I could go on. The fact is, though, that's my attitude. And though those are the people that I choose not to be excited about, God still calls me to help. God still calls me to be in service. Don't you think this world would be such a much better place if we all gave equally to each other, if we loved each other equally? Christ-like believers know that loving others, even when we do not know them or do not like them, is our mission. Love your neighbor. So what led to this whole passage to begin with was Jesus was in a conversation with an expert in the law, and the lawyer says, what do I have to do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, what does the law say? And the lawyer says, love your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said, yes, just do this. And the guy says, well, who's my neighbor? Or... Who can I leave out? So there's no way that there are only three people on the road that day, right? Four, including the, the guy on the ground. There's no way that there were only that many people. There were more that passed that way. These are the three that stood out, though. We see a slice of the population that ignored a problem, ignored a neighbor with a need, a society with a lack of compassion, and compassion does something, right? To pretend it didn't happen, to walk away when someone is in need is wrong. Church people lack compassion too. We can't separate ourselves from the mix, can we? It said right there clearly that a, a, the priest and the Levite saw him and they chose to walk away. In fact, they didn't just walk away, they went way around the guy. So it was March 13th, 1964, in Queens, New York, about 2.30 in the morning, a manager of a bar was returning to her residential neighborhood. She parked her car in a lot across from her apartment building and began to walk the 30 yards through the lot to her door. Noticing a man at the far end of the lot, she, uh, she paused, and when he started toward her, she turned away and, and ran to run for the police box. It was not too far down the, down the way. The man caught up to her and stabbed her. She started screaming. Uh, she had been stabbed and she was screaming help. Lights went on in the apartment building across the street. Windows opened. One man called out, let that woman alone. The assailant shrugged his shoulders and walked away. Windows closed and lights went out. And then the assailant returned and attacked her again, stabbed her some more. This time she screamed, I'm dying, please help me. Some more lights came on this time, and more windows opened. The assailant walked to his car and drove off, leaving her to crawl along the street to her apartment. 
Somehow she managed to get herself inside. She didn't die out there. But the assailant returned a third time, found her on the floor at the foot of her stairs, and finally succeeded in killing her. He managed to get the job done that time. During those three separate attacks over 35 minutes, not one neighbor tried to intervene. Not one neighbor picked up a bat and dashed out to save her life. Even worse, though, over 30 people saw at least one of the attacks, and not one person ever called the police. They weren't called till she was dead. You know, so many times we rely on somebody else to do something. We don't want to get involved. I, I keep to myself, right? That's, that's a good one. I keep to myself. It's not my business until it affects me. The Bible says that we are transformed by the power of God working in our lives. And the proof of that transformation is doing something. Go and do the same. Compassion is doing something. Loving our neighbor is doing something. Being a part of the world is doing something. The mission statement of our church is to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. And our compassion is driven by Jesus, right? Go into the world and preach the good news to all people. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And then from John Wesley, do no harm, do good, and stay in love with God. When Mother Teresa was asked how she accomplished such great things in her life, she said, none of us can do anything great on our own, but we can all do a small thing with great love. You see, authentic Christians display real love for others. So friends, I'm going to ask you today, are you willing to be inconvenienced for the sake of another human? Are you your brother's keeper? Because Scripture says you are. Go and do the same. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.